Greetings and welcome back to another and ongoing series of Shurim and Daf Yomi. My name is Yitzchak at Shalom. We are now in Masachet Sotah Daf Yodchet Amud Aleph at the very bottom of the Amud uh, in Mishnah Hey, uh, which will be grouped together with Mishnah Vav, the last two Mishnayot of Perak Sheni of Sotah. And this now goes to the oath that the Kohen administers to the woman, which to which she answers, Amen, Amen. Amahi Omerat Amen, Amen. What is she saying, Amen, Amen, Amen twice for? Amen al ha'ala, amen al ashua. The simplest to read is she's saying amen both to the imprecation and to the oath, which we dealt with in the last podcast. Now, in addition, it says amen me'ish zeh, amen me'ish acher. This is now the principle of Gilgal Shvua, that an item for which you do not have the legal recourse to force another to take an oath as to what they owe you or what they've, how they've wronged you, but once you are in a situation where you are able to administer an oath, you can add in other things. That's the Gilgal Shvua. So therefore, Amen me'ish zeh, Amen me'ish acher. You only have the rights to bring your wife to, to drink because of the man that you've accused her about. But once that's happening, you can all, the coin can minister the oath regarding any other man that she has not uh, had an affair. Amen me'ish zeh, Amen me'ish acher. And then, Amen shalosatiti arusa unesua, shomer yavam uknusa. That he also makes her take the oath that, included in Amen Amen, is that she did not violate either as a married woman, which is the problem, or as an Arusa or Shomeret Yavam. Now remember that an Arusa means that the husband and wife have not yet consummated the marriage, and the Shomeret Yavam certainly means that the Yavam is not consummated with, the Shum, with, with her. Her husband died with childless, and now she's fallen to the brother. And remember that the halacha is that it would, that the entire system only works if the husband is consummated before the paramour comes on the scene. But once we're administering the oath, we can already include these other violations, which certainly are violations. Now, and this is the other thing that we saw at the end of the previous sugya, that she's accepting not only the oath that she is not guilty, but also the the consequence that if she is guilty, that the water will work. Now, Rameyer adds a different twist. He puts the future. Not only amen that I am not in guilty, but amen that I will never do such a thing. Now, we'll see what the implication of that is vis-a-vis the water. Now, the last mission in the parak is Hakol Shavin, everyone agrees, meaning even Rameyer, She'ein matne'i ma'lo al korem she'titareis Rameyer, who said that you can administer the oath even about the future, must agree that you cannot include in it anything about something that happened before they were betrothed or after they would get divorced. Because, let's say that she had stira, uh, after you divorced her, and she had relations with him, and then you brought her back, you can't include, can't include that. And the reason is that if a man divorces his wife and she marries another, even if they never consummate, she becomes betrothed, he cannot take her back. However, if he divorces her and she, without benefit of any formal Kenyan like Yudushin, has relations with another, and then he wants to marry her, he may. And therefore, there's the klal, zeha klal. Any bia that she would have that would not forbid her to her husband, he cannot include, even as a gilgul shvua in this oath. So therefore, anything that she did before they were betrothed doesn't affect their relationship, halachically. And anything that would happen after you divorce her would also not affect, therefore he cannot include that at all. Neither mayor agrees with that. Okay, Amar of Hamnuna. Hamnuna makes an observation from our Mishnah. Shomer yavam shizinta asura liyibma. 
Liavma. The Rav Amnuna says if a Shomer Yavam has relations outside, like what Tamar was accused of doing, then she is not allowed to uh, continue with the process of Yibum and, and be with the Yavam. Mimai, how do we know that? One of the pieces that's added into the oath is Shomer Yavam. So, if you accept the principle that if a Yashomer Yavam, while she's waiting, has relations with another, she becomes forbidden to the Yavam, that's why he can add it in. But if you say she's not banned, how can he add it in? What do we learn in Mishnah Any relations that she would have that would not forbid her to the husband, he cannot include. So, that's Rav Nuna's conclusion. Amid Marav and Eretz Yisrael, they heard about Rav Hamnuna and they disagreed. So the late Hilchatak Rav Hamnuna, we do not maintain that a Shomer Yavam has relations outside that violates her continuing the process of Yibum. Our Mishnah says that Hamani Rav Akiva, they said that's authored by Rav Akiva, who in the last Mishnah in the fourth parak of Yavamot says famously that Chai Lavin are somewhat equal to Arayot, and therefore, if a coin gives a kiddushin to a grusha, a prison gives a kiddushin to a mamzeret, the kiddushin are not chal at all. The kid, by the way, is a mamzer. So he equates chayave lavin with arayot, and therefore, a shemeret yavam who does have a lav of lotia ishtametachutza would uh, therefore be considered that relationship would be considered something like an erva that would that would then scotch her as far as further continuing the process of ibum. But we don't rule that way. That's an Eretz Yisrael what they said, and therefore they said so. That line in the Mishnah really only belongs to Rabbi Kiva. Bar Rabbi Yirmiya. So he asked the following: What if a man divorced his wife and remarried her, and then? the Sota situation comes up, and then he throws into the mix something that happened when they were married the first time. Or what if a Yavam marries his Yavama, and he throws in, now that now that you have the Sota scenario playing out, he throws into the mix something that she might have done while she was married to his dead brother. While he was alive, of course. Toshma, Zehaklaus, we look from Mishnavav. Koshti by Elvalote Asuralo, any relation that would not, that would not um, make her prohibited to her husband, Loyama he couldn't include. So Hasira, so anyone that would prohibit, Hachinami de you can include. Shramina, and either one of those would do it if they were married. And in reality, she had an affair with somebody, and then he didn't know about it. He divorced her and remarried her, and found out about it. He, he couldn't be with her again. Or if, let's say, a, a girl was married to a, to a man and had had an affair, a consensual affair with somebody else, and then he died, she felt the yibum, and then we found out there would be no yibum, right? As we saw in the beginning of the Masechet. So, um, so uh, in that case. Really, he could include those also in his uh, additional shvua. Of course, neither one of those would be enough to generate sota, but once it's there, he can add it in. Now, Romer in Mishnah said that you can also add in about the future, about her not in the... When she says amen, she's also committing to the future. Now, Tanya, It doesn't mean that Romer says... She says, Amen, that I won't become. And if God knows that she eventually was destined to, or she was going to have an affair, that the water is going to kill her now, but rather what will happen is the water stays in her, and the effect is potentially there, and at any point later when she would violate that relationship, then the water would kill her. 
Now, we asked about Nisun Rishonim when a man divorced his wife, remarried her, and then goes back to the early relationship. What about the opposite way? What if a man's married and he ministers an oath? Can he admit, can the coin administer the oath that also affects if you later get divorced from this guy and marry him again, that that will be plugged in? Right now, there, that, that that doesn't exist. But it could be you divorce her and take her back. Such things do happen. The end of Mishnah Vav says, everybody agrees, sorry, Mishnah Vav says that everybody agrees, or Mary even agrees, that you cannot include something from before betrothal or after divorce, but if she, while she was divorced, she had relations with somebody, and then you took her back, you can't include that. But that, what's the implication? Is that if you divorced her and took her back and then she had steer with somebody, you could include that. Which means you may include Nesumacharonim, the later, a, a subsequent marriage. Now, the last thing we're going to look at is how many times could a woman possibly be, uh, implicated and therefore subject to the whole Sota process. Zot Torah Taknaot. It's in the plural. This teaches that a woman could end up drinking twice. Twice means more than once. It could be many times. He says the opposite. The word zot is singular. This is the law. Meaning this and not more than once. Now, Amr Abiyuda, he brings support. Nechunyahu dug these wells. From his story with Babasra. Nechunyahu dug the wells, who dug the, uh, the um, cisterns, as it were. He testified that uh, women do drink and uh, and drink a second time. We accepted it provisionally, meaning only about two separate husbands. She's married to a guy, and he suspects her he can have her drink, and then she divorces her, he dies, and then she marries another guy, and that guy has suspicions about her. He can also, so the woman could drink more than once in her life, but not with the same husband. Chachamim, who are not like our, like our, for the beginning of our Baraita, uh, disagree and say a woman can never drink twice, doesn't matter, same husband, different husband. Now, let's go back to our original Baraita. The Tanakama, who says that a woman could drink more than once, what's he going to do with the word Zot? And the later Rabbanon who say that under no circumstances could a woman drink twice. It says, Torah, in other words, plural. So Rav lays it out. If it's the same husband and the same uh, accused paramour, then everybody agrees that she can't because it says Zot. If she's married to a different guy and the suspected guy is a different, a different accused paramour, then everybody agrees she could drink again. In other words, there is a word that excludes and limits, and there's a word that expands and allows for more. So clearly, if it's a different marriage and it's about a different accused uh, lover, then she could drink. If on the other hand, it's the same marriage and the same accusation, she doesn't drink. That we all agree to. Kipligi, where's the disagreement? Bi'ishachad, uh, where there's one and two, meaning same husband, different paramour, or different husband, same paramour. Tanakama Savar, Torah. Tanakama, in the beginning of the Brayta, says Torah, which is expansive, the Rabuye Kulo, includes every situation like that. The one word zot is the muta ishachar boelachad. So zot limits the one that's most likely to be limited, which is same husband, same paramour. 
Rabbonin Batroi, the Rabbonin in the Brighta, Savri, Zot Mutekulu, Zot limits every one of them. Torat, which expands and includes, must include the one most likely to be included, which is when you have different husbands and different uh, paramours. Rabbi Huda says, Zot Mute Tarte, Torah Mute Tarte. He says simply, we have an expansive and then, and a contract, and a contraction. So we, so there's four different situations, therefore we assign two to this and two to that. What's the most likely to be excluded is same husband, same paramour. What's the most likely to be included? Different. Now, what are we gonna do with the other two? Zot Mute Tarte. Zot. It limits, if it's the same husband, whether it is the same paramour or Ishachar Ushnebu'alin or a different paramour. In other words, one husband cannot have his wife drink the, go through the process more than once. Torah, Rebbe Torah expands the two. Shnei if it's two different husbands with the same paramour, or Shnei Anashim, certainly two different husbands with two different accused guys, certainly he can never drink. Hadran Allah and that comes to that, with that we come to the conclusion of the study of the second parak of Masachat Sotai, Shakoach to all of those who are studying together with us. We will, in Yitzhashem, in the next podcast, begin the study of the third parak, Hayan Notel et Minchata further study of the process of Sota, and specifically an eye towards the offering of the Mincha and the issue of Schut that we talked about, which will come up. Everyone should have a wonderful day.